everyone. We are so glad to be back. It's Andy Lockmeers and Dr. Melissa Sell. So we're going to be talking about nutrition because so many people have questions about how does nutrition fit into German new medicine? What role does nutrition have? Because we're all taught you have to eat right in order to be healthy. And how many people do we know who eat right and they're not healthy? So what is right? You know, obviously that is not the solution. What is? What yes, is that, that question yeah. is so important. How many diets have you heard of? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I've, done, I've done the gaps and keto and paleo yes. and Robin yes. and Gerson and yes. I've done all, you know, there are yes. so many different diets and mm -hmm. That is a rabbit hole that unfortunately people like jump down and they try one, they go from extreme to extreme, from raw veganism to carnivore, and they're just trying to find out what's going to heal me. And when you're in the model of alternative health, food is looked at like top of the, like it's looked at as the most yeah. important thing. And I believed and taught that for many years. Yes, me too. <laughs> that you're eating that, you know, I told people, if you eat this food, it's feeding cancer, it's causing cancer, it's damaging. This was the, yeah. the mindset I had that it damages your genes. And so then your genes go rogue and they can't, they're not controlling the replication of cells anymore. And so yeah. because of all the bad food yeah. and toxins that you've imbibed, so this was kind of like this naughty thing that you did now there's damage and now the cancer is just flourishing because it has a mind of its own and so even that ideology thinking in that way you've got to look at your idea of like what happens when you put food in your mouth and in your body because if you think that there are wrong things that you can put in that can trigger the bad response called cancer that idea has to fall away when you learn GNM. That was one of the biggest revolutions for me that was just 2017. My mind was just blown wide open. I was like, whoa, this, the cancer is not a wrongness. It is not an error. It is not because you are not being punished for your bad diet, <laughs> which is very freeing. Exactly. I love that. It, it is very freeing. And you, I loved that you mentioned all those diets because I too tried those vegetarian for over two decades, raw vegan, vegan, all these things. And it's like, I was getting sicker and sicker and weaker and weaker. And I was certified in all of these. I was teaching them. It's like, what is going on here? What is the missing piece? If these are not helping me, then what are they doing? And so then when you learn German new medicine, you go through this amazing, oh my gosh, it's not about the food. And so I would say from a GNM perspective, you know, you can pretty much eat any diet you want. I mean, you've got to see how vital, how much energy do you have in your body? Do you have enough energy to do everything that you want to do? Because if you don't, you might want to shift your diet so that you can get more energy, especially if you're going through a PCL phase. If you're restoring and repairing your body, you need nutrients to do that. My nutrition has changed so much over the years. And what I tend to focus on now is what works for you, what feels good. And what kind of meaning are you assigning to your food? Oh, that's bad. That's wrong. Then that's going to be an issue for you. Gluten, you can't eat it. Oh my gosh, I've had people that didn't do gluten for 10 years and then they did gaps for three years and then they did this diet and that diet and they get tested all the time. 
And once we figured it out from a GNM perspective and they understood what was going on, they were eating gluten within two weeks and had no symptoms. So it's, it's this amazing transformation that can happen very quickly that we don't realize. We're just on that bunny trail, like you mentioned, Melissa. Yeah, and I think that, you know, and, and a lot of times people have a very hard time accepting and understanding that like, yes, the food is important. And so I do still think that food is very important. And I eat the cleanest food available. You know, like I learning GNM didn't cause me to like go eat fast food. You know, I still have very right, high right. words for the food I put in my body. I like, you know, I want things to be nourishing. I want them to be as close to nature as possible, not processed and added all kinds of chemicals. And so I eat very clean and very good, but I just, it's, it's the importance and the role that I believe nutrition plays. It's a supportive role. Mm -hmm. It's a supportive role in your health. It is not a causative agent of disease. And so when you, when you switch your understanding, you're still going to go for the cleanest food, the best food, the food that makes you feel good. And, and, and really you want to see how much, you know, stress is my food choice causing me? Because a lot of people, they are racked with stress and worry and indigestible morsels about the food that they're eating because they're so conflicted because they have differing stories in their mind. I tell this story often that it was 2009 and I had just read the book, the 801010 diet book. Oh, yeah. And I read it and it made perfect sense to me. And I was like, oh, we're supposed to be eating raw fruit and you know, 80%, that's the way. And I did that for, I did it for a whole 30 days. And, and then I read this other book and it was completely different. <laughs> I was so conflicted. I had an upset stomach for like several weeks in this transition because everything I ate, there was a story in my mind about you shouldn't eat that. This is causing this, this is causing inflammation. This is, you know, this, your, your body isn't designed to digest meat. And I was like, I don't know what to believe. And I couldn't, I couldn't hear the voice of my intuition because your intuition really does know. And when you can trust yourself and trust your body and kind of get out all of the voices in your head from all of the lectures you've listened to and books that you've read and like kind of go back to nature and say, what, you know, my body, what does it want to eat? And some people will be like, well, my body wants to eat Doritos and Pepsi. <laughs> and, you know, it truly though, your body doesn't want that, you know, and with, if, right. when you really tune in, you don't just throw out everything and maybe you will have a Pepsi and Doritos every once in a while for something fun. And you don't think of it as a bad thing. You say, oh, that was a fun little vacation meal, but you realize how it makes you feel. You can sense the additives and the, and the sugar spike. And you can feel when you are tuned in with yourself and your body, you don't, you won't go for the worst foods available. You tend to go for what your body actually needs. And like Andy was saying, when you are in a healing phase, your body needs nourishment. Your body is breaking things down, building things up. You want to be very well nourished. Like the, the bone broth, the, the protein is so important, especially um, for the old brain activity, the old brain um, controlled tissue adaptations uh, because that tubercular bacteria needs protein. Yes, yes. And I think that's one of the hardest things a lot of people can can face because they're they're vegan they're vegetarian it's like no no that i i'm too spiritually evolved to eat that and i certainly went down that path and i was at one point a raw vegan 
so I, I challenged this. I had a skin rash on my legs and I was trying to get rid of it to detox it out. And I was raw vegan. I was losing weight rapidly and I was not in a good space. There was a lot of stress in my life. And so I thought I'm going to test this theory and see if, am I really detoxing this out of my body? This was way before knowing GNM. So I started on a Weston Price diet in one day from raw, being raw vegan for several months and had been vegan for six years before that. And so I decided tomorrow I'm going to eat meat. I hadn't had beef in 35 years. And I and all the beliefs about beef, oh my gosh, the saturated fat's gonna kill me and I'm killing these animals that I love and all of that. So I bit the bullet. I got my Weston A. Price book out. I made bone broth. I got beef. I'd never bought beef as an adult because I gave it up as a teenager. And I'm in the store, you know, at, at my local health food store. It's like, I, I don't know how to even buy this, you know, but I did. And I cooked it up and I started eating it. And I was sure my body was simply going to reject it. And my body loved it. And so I had to go through all that stuff that you do. All those beliefs had to go by the wayside. And then I learned GNM. And, and everything changed yet again, realizing, okay, the diet is not healing me and it wasn't hurting me, although it wasn't supporting me. And I needed a lot of support right then that I wasn't getting from my food. So that is important. And the endoderm programs, the old brain programs, there's protein loss. You need animal protein and vegetarian plant protein won't cut it. It really won't cut it. So that's the one food rule in German new medicine. Old brain tissue with cell growth in the conflict active phase, cell breakdown in the PCL phase, you need to be eating animal protein to keep your energy up. Now, one thing I did want to ask you, Andy, um, I had read somebody posted somewhere about Dr. Hammer possibly being into the blood type diet. Do you, are you familiar with that? I'm, I'm familiar with the blood type diet. I'm not familiar that he was into that. He, he was um, a vegetarian at, at one point later in his life, and he did believe in eating whole foods. He did not believe in additives or processed foods. He really preached that you need to be eating real foods, and that's really important to support the body's vital energy. He also did whole food supplements. So we know that he's, he was into all of that. I hadn't heard about the blood diet, though. That's really... That's fascinating. Yeah, I just heard someone mention it. And it, just thinking from a biological perspective that with your blood type that I can, it would make sense that potentially one diet would work for, you know, one yeah. person over another. And that really, even just between my partner and I, the things he thrives on versus the thing, you know, less carbs, more carbs, less fat, more, you yeah. know, more fat, depending on, on the person. And so that is where I think just really tuning in to what works for you. Because even if, you know, Wesson A. Price yeah. or, some other diet sounds really good if it doesn't jive with you or and even like ayurveda and yeah. you know, the different um body types paying attention to stuff like that i think is is really cool but you want to yeah. see how far how much weight am i putting in the diet thing am i making it the be all end all of my health are you stressing yourself out about you know, I can't eat out. And I, I've told this story before about my skin, how I had this idea that I can't eat at restaurants because the bad oil causes inflammation and that causes acne breakouts. But it was when I ate that food, I felt soiled. 
And so the, the foods that made me feel soiled, I would get a breakout after, and it would seem so much like the food caused the problem. And I guess, um, you know, even talking about tracks and how it seems as though you don't understand, no, the food causes my gastritis. It causes um, this rash to break out. And when you understand that it's not the food, because often, and, and you, most people realize this was that there was a point in time where you were eating that food normally and right. then something happened and all of a sudden you couldn't have pineapple anymore. And we, we are interested in the something that happened because at that moment that you have a conflict shock, your nervous system took a snapshot of this, this food profile and says, when this food or this substance or this odor comes into um, the experience, we have to reactivate the conflict as a preemptive protection and adaptation because of the shock that you experience. And so, you know, if you're still in that mind frame of, oh, this food causes my problem, you're going to need to kind of loosen your grip on that and look at what was going on in your life when this food became an issue. Absolutely. And you, you find that out, develop your timeline, you know, what was happening. Oh, okay. Then you realize it's not about the food. It's about your psyche's association with that event. And your psyche is now saying, uh-oh, danger. You've had danger with eating this food. It's not about the food though. So you have to separate the food from the incident that happened, the distress you had when you were eating that food. So when you look at peanut butter allergies in kids these days, well, for a for quite a few years, what have we been feeding our kids? Well, peanut butter and sandwiches, right? Peanut butter and jelly. Um, when I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of peanut butter and jelly. I mean, that just wasn't something that was super popular. And as it's become more popular, of course, there are more allergies and sensitivities because there are more conflicts felt when these kids eating, are eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich and mom and dad are fighting or something, something's happening around them that's distressing. And so their psyche is saying, uh-oh, danger. Not about the food, but about what's happening in their environment. So it's about unraveling all of that and just awareness. Awareness is the key to start that.